Hi, good morning. Um, I once heard somebody say, I don't know where the quote comes from, but um, I don't even know if it's a quote, but they said it at a wedding, after the Lord Mayor's speech, then comes the sweeper-upper. And um, I think at week 15 of, of James, perhaps that's where I am. But it's been, um, it's been good, and this morning we're going to just look at um, praying about your problems. So I'm going to give a general introduction to prayer, and then just look at three aspects. Praying when we're in trouble, prayer when we're sick, and prayer when we're hurting spiritually. For the last 15 weeks, we've looked at this letter of James written 2,000 years ago. And my, has it faded out there? I just, just about see it there, that's okay. And uh, we've covered all sorts of aspects. Um, the letter is written to Christians um, in addressing Christian behaviour and really um, asking Christians to look at their lives that they might live um, good lives for God. We've covered a host of topics, discrimination, greed, lust, patience, wisdom, pride, hypocrisy, faith and works, all sorts of things. And this morning we wrap up in, in looking at prayer. So from the end of um, James, uh, reading from James 5, verses 13 to 17. Are any of you suffering hardships, you should pray. Are any of you happy, you should sing praises. Are any of you sick, you should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. And if you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. I um, do quite a lot of reading and I started reading in the 80s. And I just want to start this morning by um, just telling you a little story from this book called um, Tears Shed in Darkness. Um, Somebody not very, very well known, but a a, a lady whose name was Irene. And... um, She lived a very, very, very difficult life. She was abused as she was growing up and all sorts of things um, happened to her there in her life. And um, she became a Christian. Irene became a Christian and um, it was at a point in her life where she'd ended up in prostitution and it was a really, really messy life and it's a messy story. And um, having become a Christian, within two weeks of becoming a Christian, she fell back because she wasn't supported very well and all sorts of things went wrong. She fell back and um, ended up back in the situation where she'd started. And um, she got to a point whereby she was pretty desperate and she, she says, life was impossible, death was impossible. I was at my wit's end in anguish and I shouted at the top of my voice, Lord Jesus, if you really came into my heart last year, please help me. Then I lay weeping and shuddering and utterly utterly miserable until I had no strength to cry out anymore. She, having fallen back, got into quite a desperate situation and she prayed that prayer. And just after that, um, a client came to the door and she describes how she was just weary and worn out and fed up. And um, she went upstairs with this client thinking, let's just get this over with. And as this client came to the door, he just stood in the door at the bedroom looking at a picture above the bed that was a picture of Jesus. And he said to Irene, just standing there, what's that doing there? 
And she said uh, to him, well, that's none of your business. Let's just get on, get this sorted, and um, we'll finish. But the guy wouldn't move. He just kept looking at the picture and said, I want you to tell me why that picture is there on the wall of Jesus. And she didn't want to tell him. She just didn't want to talk about it. And eventually she started to sob and she started to break down. And she said to the guy, she said, 12 months ago I became a Christian. She said, and um, I fell back into this rubbish way of life. I hate it. I hate where I am. I hate what I'm doing. I hate the situation. I hate the bloke I'm with. And she said, that's where I am. But what's it to do with you? And the guy looked up at her and um, he said to her, 12 months ago, I became a Christian and I fell back into my old ways too. And the two of them were just there and he said, I've come, I believe I'm here because God has come to tell us both that we've got to get back to where we were. The rest of the book goes on, but at the end of the dialogue in that situation, um, Irene, he says, I stopped my sobbing and looked at this guy, had God heard my prayer after all? It's an amazing little uh, book, and the book testifies to the fact that God had heard Irene's prayer. But prayer, it's an interesting um, subject, isn't it, prayer? Um, To people who have no concept of God, praying is the most incomprehensible of activities. In a world where we have to see and touch and feel to believe it's there, the thought that prayer um, can do anything is alien to people. It's simply unbelievable to people that prayer can make a difference to anything. But throughout history and culture, people have always believed in another dimension other than the one that they know. Many people confess to have a feeling that there's something missing in their lives, a part of them that they don't really Um, feel or know but for people of faith in Jesus Christ that awareness is brought wonderfully into focus through prayer prayer is where heaven and earth meet and each day as Paul wrote we need to remind ourselves that God is not very far from any one of us prayer is fundamental to Christian life 250 years ago, a guy, just about to see, a guy called John Newton, who was um, a reformed slave trader and and became a vicar. Um, He said, he described his daily Bible reading as the fountain of living water and prayer as the bucket with which we draw. The Bible is a great source of encouragement, instruction and teaching and reading the Bible with prayer brings life to dwell up within us. Prayer, can't see it very well unfortunately, but prayer is a bit like a switch in an electrical circuit. There's a battery there, God's resources, his grace, his love, the Bible, spoken word, encouragement, fellowship with other believers are all God's resources. But just like that circuit, prayer is a very important component. You switch it on and then the, the, the current of God's love and grace can flow, flow through our lives. Um, It's just amazing what happens there, that the light bulb in that circuit represents us. And as we receive from God, so we give out light into the world. Prayer is a mystery. 
some of our prayers are answered quickly, some take a few weeks, some take some years. Some of our prayers appear to go unanswered. In parts of the world, miracles appear, occur frequently in answer to prayer. In others, they don't happen so much. It seems to me from looking around and reading that the more that people rely upon God, the more answers to prayer that they seem. We've heard over the past few weeks that there's a balance required in our lives. And prayer is a part of that mix too. That as well as praying, as well as having faith, we need to do actions and we need to do things. A little while ago I was fortunate to hear a lady from Hong Kong called Jackie Pullinger speak about prayer. And in that time, Jackie and the team humbly shared um, examples of things, of, of prayers that had been answered. And they talked about how food, small amounts of food, were multiplied out among lots and lots of people. They talked about people that were healed. On one occasion, they talked about a uh, a lady that uh, was blind. And a young fellow, an ex-addict, went to pray for her and... um, He said to her, what can I pray for? And she said, I'm blind. And he thought, oh, that's a bit difficult for me to pray for. That's a big one, that is. Have you got anything else that's wrong with you? (laughs) And she said, well, actually, yes, I've got a bad leg. So he thought, okay, we'll pray for the leg. (laughs) So he prayed for a leg, and within literally two minutes, the lady screamed out because God had opened her eyes. They shared amazing, amazing stories. Um... On one occasion, somebody received in the middle of the night just some information from God, cut the grass, and it found a lost passport in an area that was like a field. Remarkable stories. I shared one of the stories with the kids um, in Kids Club a few weeks ago about how at Christmas time they were giving out presents to people. And um, the people that were giving out the presents on the streets, they do a lot of giving away, these guys in Hong Kong, food, presents, you name it. But they were giving out on the streets and um, they came to a point where the presents were all gone but there were still lines of children. They came to Jackie and the team and said, what do we do? And she said, just keep giving. And they went back and there was a present for every child that just kept coming out of the sack. They're things you see on movies but they actually... Um, happen. Um, I like to be accurate when I talk to the children and make sure I get all the facts right. So that actually is an email from Jackie Pullinger to me because I wrote and asked her to make sure before doing that. Prayer is an essential part of their everyday life as it is with ours. But Jackie also commented, don't look for a miracle to shortcut the natural and don't pray for revival if a cup of tea will do. So both the practical actions and prayer are important in our lives. Prayer is a declaration of our dependence upon God. Jesus himself taught us to pray, and the Lord's Prayer today is is the most well-known of all prayers. Paul said that we should pray at all times. Paul also said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. That's easier said than done very often, isn't it? Not to worry, but to pray. But it encourages us to put our faith into that prayer in the difficult times. Jesus said that we should pray and not give up. So often we feel like giving up. But we should pray through that. 
Jesus said that in some situations they, that things could only be dealt with by prayer and fasting. As Christians, we seek to follow Jesus' example. Jesus often withdrew on his own to be quiet and pray. And that's something that we should do too. Prayer, Christians being able to pray and talk to God, it's the greatest power in the Christian life and it's the greatest privilege. Prayer should surround everything that we do. It's hardly surprising then that we come to the end of our series on James. And somehow we've lost the words. But we've come to the end of our series on James and James comes to talk about prayer. And he focuses on three things. I should pray when we're in trouble. We should pray when we're hurting physically, when we're sick. And we should pray when we're hurting spiritually. Right, I've lost that for a second. Is it come? Oh, good. When we're in trouble, when I'm hurting emotionally, things going on around us that cause internal um, upset or distress or tension, James says, if any of you are suffering hardships, you should pray. When I was um, a boy, I used to hear Christians talk about um, mountain and valley experiences. And when I used to hear them say that, I used to think to myself, oh, what are these guys about? They seem to be all over the place, up up one day and down the next. But life does have its peaks and troughs. The Psalms uh, that David wrote in the Bible are just full of his experiences of riding high one minute with God and praising God and lifting up his voice and the next minute before God actually crying out to God with the trouble that he'd got. They're a great source of encouragement. But David was in no doubt whatsoever as to where his strength lay in difficult times. In Psalm 46 he says, God is our refuge and strength, always ready to help in times of trouble. What are our troubles, work issues, lack of work, finances, family, relational issues, temptations? These are all things that James would um, uh, sum up as being troubles. Jesus is interested in our troubles. Peter writes, give all your cares and worries to God, for he cares for you. James said that if we're in trouble, we should pray. And we bring our troubles to Jesus. And it's great, isn't it, to get hold of a friend and to pray about your troubles. It's great to get together with a group of people. One of the great things about our life group is that we can share confidentially and share together in prayer, and we do. And it's a great source of encouragement. On the flip side here, James says, is anyone happy? Let him sing praises to God. And that's something that we should do too. Prayer is not only about intercession, it's not only about praying for difficult things, but it's also about praise. And when we have our ups and downs and and we see the hand of God in something, it's so good to praise him for that. This is all prayer. It's the constant of living in relationship with Jesus. So, we should pray when we're hurting emotionally and we should pray when we're hurting physically.
very slowly responding. Hopefully it will come. Get there in a second, I'm sure. Tell you a story while that's um, coming up. Um, little book, one of Jackie Pullinger's books actually, about cracking the wall about the work in Hong Kong. There's a guy there, it's just full of stories, the book. Wonderful, great encouragement. But there's a guy there who um, was a gang member. He's in one of the triad gangs. His name was Dai Pan. And he um, basically uh, was in a situation where he went into one of the youth clubs and he half believed in God, but he didn't really want to know. So what he did was he, um, he decided he'd go back to the gang. And he met up with a friend who was a Christian and the friend said to him, he said... Uh, can I pray for you? Because what he'd done was he'd injected his leg uh, with heroin and it had all gone wrong and his leg was really quite bad. And he said, no, 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 it's okay. And his friend said to him, he said, well, if if you don't call on God, you're going to be in trouble. He said, the best thing to happen to you would be for you to get arrested. So they parted company and the very next day, the guy actually got arrested. And the first thing he thought about when he got arrested was what his mate had said to him the day before, that the best thing to happen would be for that to happen. And it suddenly made him think about God. Maybe God was in that situation. This guy um, then had this problem. He'd been arrested. He was let out on bail, and he'd got to appear before the, uh, the courts. Um, his leg was so bad, having been arrested and thinking it had got something to do with God, he prayed about it. That night was the first night that he slept in weeks And the next day, he went back to the youth group and told them all that God had healed his leg. So confident was he in his prayer in that situation that he then went on um, to get his friends to pray about the court case. He came up before the magistrate, who was the worst guy in the whole of the area and was absolutely assured to put him down and send him away. But he so wanted that not to happen this time because he wanted to get right with God. What happened was the case got referred that day. It didn't happen, and he got put to another court. In that court, when it happened a week or two later, the magistrate was a completely different guy in another part of the city, and he said to him, I'm going to let you off this, but I want you to go to rehab. And he sent him to the very rehab that his mate had been working in, where he found Christ and the rest of his stories in the book. But when I'm hurting physically, we should pray. Who said that prayer has its mysteries and none greater than prayer for the sick. Healing some of the sick people was something that Jesus did regularly. And Jesus tells us that we should pray for physical healing if anybody's sick. Sometimes, sometimes people are healed. Sometimes they're not. Sometimes the healing process will take time. Sometimes it comes through medicine. And sometimes the body itself generates healing from within. But we should pray for people who are sick. Our God is an all-encompassing God and it's our privilege and responsibility to pray in faith for one another when we are sick, committing each other to God's care. And whether you are laid up sick at home, in hospital, or whether you are unwell here in church, we do love to pray with you. So we pray when we're hurting emotionally. We pray when we're hurting physically. And we pray when we're hurting spiritually.
Good. The Message Bible at this part of the translation says, Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you can live together whole and healed. I think what James is driving at here is for us to promote a culture of caring, forgiveness, grace, praying and looking out for one another. In Jesus' day, people thought sickness was a result of sin, but Jesus didn't run with that. And such a philosophy doesn't work anyway because we know that sometimes children are born with defects and certainly they haven't done anything wrong. Something to think about, though, is that Jesus teaches about the whole person, the physical, the emotional, and the spiritual. And sometimes spiritual things... um, Sometimes um, spiritual things can affect our emotions and affect our health too. Prominent leaders in the first century church appear to have had physical ailments that didn't get healed, even though they witnessed the most most amazing miracles, including people um, being raised from the dead. When it comes to our physical, spiritual and emotional well-being, there's one thing certainly that we can do. And that's just to make sure that there's no blockage in our system, in the system there. I'll just come back to my little circuit there, really, just showing that how the resources of God flow through our lives. And um, in the next circuit, I just show that a, a loose or a dirty connection in an electrical circuit causes resistance, and the resistance can limit the flow of electricity to the bulb, even though the switch is in the closed position the bulb can dim down or go dim. And unforgiveness and resentment and bitterness can sometimes stop the current flowing. This is all about relationship. It's all about our relationship with God, our relationship with one another. It's all about maintaining healthy relationships for the whole thing to work, for the current to flow. We just need to be there. Make this your common practice. Confess your sins to each other and pray for one another. Let's keep short accounts with God and with one another. Not hang on to anything that will stop God's current flowing, his power and love. And if someone comes to you and says, look, you know, this happened or that happened or confesses to you, we should forgive. There's great power in confession and forgiveness. And we just want to be family in that and family with God. So, when we're in trouble, when we're sick, when we're hurting spiritually, we should pray. And at the end of our 15-week no-nonsense Christianity, James signs off with the biggest no-nonsense of all. And finally, James's finale, verse 5. My friends, if any... My friends, if any followers have wandered away from the truth, you should try and lead them back. If you turn sinners from the wrong way, you will save them from death and many of their sins will be forgiven. James winds up his letter with the greatest theme of the Bible, a wonderful finale, understanding the truth that Jesus Christ came into this world to forgive us. He came to forgive us of our sins and save us from death. He died and now lives so that we might have fullness with him. What a great way to end his five chapters in our series. Maybe this morning you never pray because you don't know Jesus. The greatest prayer that you could ever pray 
is the one of asking Jesus to come into your life. I'm going to ask the um, band just to come and uh, play as we finish this morning.